0: It's time once again for The Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your
1: business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg.
0: Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. Should we directly incent people to refer business to us? We'll look at that in our thought of the day. And in our interview segment, John Rulin, author of Giftology, will introduce us to the science of gifting, how to do it correctly, powerfully, and profitably. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. I'm often asked during live seminars on referral-based selling if it's good policy to offer to pay people for referrals as a way to provide them with incentive to making introductions to potential customers and clients. Now, while I generally don't like providing all-encompassing yeses or nos without knowing the exact unique situations, my, well, general response is that, no, it's not something I'd suggest doing. Why not? Is there something immoral about it? No, I don't believe so, at least not in most cases. No, the reason I advise not paying people for referrals is because not only is it usually less productive, it's actually usually counterproductive. And I realize that this might not seem sensical, so let me suggest several reasons why I believe this is so. First is that if someone is referring people to you because they are being rewarded financially for it, in other words, they're doing it with a money motivation, there's a good chance that they're going to refer anyone and everyone who comes to mind, and you'll find yourself speaking with a lot of non-qualified prospects. Secondly, most people aren't going to refer you to others based on a financial incentive, but are much more likely to do so because they believe in your product or service. They believe in you. They want to help the person they're referring you to. This is the difference in external motivation between that and internal motivation that Daniel Pink describes brilliantly in his book, Drive. Generally speaking, people are much more likely to take a specific beneficial action because they are internally motivated. They believe it's the right thing to do. That rather than for the external motivation, which could be money or another type of reward. Of course, I just scratched the surface there. If you haven't read Daniel Pink's book, I highly suggest it. Third reason is that once the person who you were referred to discovers that they were referred because someone was bribed to do so, they're most likely going to resent you, trust you less, and have less faith in the product or service you offer. And they will find out when you offer them a bribe to refer you afterwards. So no, don't do that. You should be referred constantly and consistently both because you've earned their referrals and because you've implemented a strategy for obtaining them. But can you still gift someone for giving you a referral? Absolutely. Doing so afterwards, and being that they didn't expect it, it will actually mean much more to them. And since behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated, doing so again will probably be even more on their mind. I won't get into the gifts you can give after receiving a referral right now because in just a moment you'll meet John Rulin, known as the authority in that field. And he'll discuss all types of gifting and in a very holistic and all-encompassing way as it relates to building your business. In other words, utilizing the science of gifting, what he calls giftology, to help cut through the clutter and position you and your company as the go-to in your field. Back with John Rulin right after this. Let me ask you, would you like to become objection-proof? Would you like to close sales gentler, easier, and more effectively than ever before? Would you like to never again have to discount your prices? Would you like to learn the one thing that motivates every human being to action, and the only reason why people ultimately buy? Do you want to more effectively than ever before communicate the exceptional value that you provide to your customers and clients? If you answered yes to these questions, then what you want is to learn how to sell the go-giver way. If you'd like to dramatically increase your ability to influence and sell, then check out my one-hour audio program, Selling the Go-Giver Way. For more information, click the link in the show notes. John Rulon is a very successful entrepreneur and the author of the highly regarded Giftology, the art and science of using gifts to cut through the noise, increase referrals, and strengthen retention. Aside from running his own gift consulting firm, he's a highly sought-after speaker on this topic and a frequent media guest having appeared on Fox News and being featured in Forbes and New York Times and many other media outlets. His website is RulingGroup.com. That's R-U-H-L-I-N-G-R-O-U-P.com. And you can get his book on Amazon.com. All that will be in the show notes. Hi, John. Welcome.
1: Bob, thanks for having me, man. This is a huge honor.
0: Oh, my pleasure. The honor is ours. Uh, Let's begin with what giftology is not. Uh, It's not just something warm and fuzzy. It's also not a bribe or something you do in order to manipulate another person. Rather, when approached and done correctly, it's really, as you say, an asset. Please explain.
1: Yeah, well, I think everybody agrees that relationships are one of the most important assets, and there's a big disconnect and a non-congruency between what people say and then what I call doing gratitude, like actually showing Mm. it. And So I think that the core of Giftology is what we've been doing for the last 17 years, which is modeling the people that do um, gratitude and appreciation and show it consistently, whether it's to employees, clients, any important business relationship, we've just kind of put a spotlight on some of the principles that have been around for thousands of years.
0: I love that doing gratitude. That's awesome. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of how you discovered the importance of this principle that would really become something you'd build your life and career around. Cause you're so well-known for this and everybody loves you, by the way, everybody says such kind things about you. Uh, <laughs> Thank the start you. was some words of wisdom from a very wise man who happened to be the father of the woman you were dating at the time. His name was Paul Miller. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, was a poor farm boy going to school to get out of being, you know, a, a farmer for the rest of my life, and was thought I was going to go be a doctor. And I was da- I interned with a company called Cutco, the knife company, mm-hmm. to essentially get some you know some skills, and but really to make money to pay for a very expensive college. And I was fortunate to be dating. Um, you know Paul's daughter, and Paul was the guy that was an attorney, but seemed to have like an abundance, like a like a hundred x effective referrals. Like he had more deals coming in than he could possibly handle, was having to farm things out. And he was also, when you're poor, you notice when people are generous, like radically generous. He was always giving things away, no strings attached. And so I really modeled a lot of my business practices off of things I learned from Paul. Like one of the first things that I I pitched him on was hey, Paul, you give things away all the time. Would you want to give a pocket knife to your clients? Because they're all men, they're CEOs. And he said, well, could I engrave paring knives? And I'm like, paring knives? Like, why would you give a kitchen item in a business setting? He said, well, I found that in 30 years of doing business, if you take care of the family, everything else in business takes care of itself. Mm. So it wasn't about the knife. The knife is awesome. It's useful. It's practical. It's still one of our top gifts. Mm. But Paul understood the psychology of how to build relationships and, mm-hmm. and deepen relationships and stay top of mind at a level that even
0: to this day, like I rarely see. Uh, and by the way, and you were, weren't, or weren't you one of the, if not the top producer in Cutco for a while, or you probably still are, I don't know, but uh, yeah. that was your claim to fame at first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we moved to a lot of product. Yeah. By the time I was a senior in college out of the one and a half million people that had come through their doors, mm-hmm. we were, we were number one the on oh, time. Wow. Which is crazy, I know. It's a, it's a, it wasn't part of the master plan, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now, so I want to um, go to something that you kind of lightly referenced, but this is so important. The gift itself, then, is never really about the gift itself. It's never about the item itself, right? It's simply, and I think you described it in the book, a delivery vehicle for communicating value and making a person feel special and important, uh, communicating value for those they care about as well.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We call it an artifact. Like I hate the word token. Like you you would never describe a relationship as a token relationship. Why Mm -hmm. would you, why would you describe the item that you're giving to them to show you, you know, it's like a King giving in the Bible. Like you give another King, like it was the, based upon the value of the relationship, they give him like a thousand cattle or whatever, because that it wasn't a token. It was a, it showed that the relationship was important and right. so we really feel like yes the the gift needs to be classy and unique and whatever else but sometimes people can spend a lot of money on an item like a Rolex for instance like you know like how could you give a 10,000 dollar watch wrong but we've seen people put their logo on it like Domino's did it and people started trading the watches in so mm-hmm. they made the gift all about themselves so they took one subtle detail they they screwed it up and then they actually spent money to have a negative impact and consequence. So it's it's all the details around the gift, when it's given, why it's given, who it's given to, um, even something as simple as you know, Amazon's a great company, but they don't they don't have handwritten notes in their packages. And so when you get something it kind of feels automated. Mm-hmm versus you know, a nice package showing up and there's a handwritten note. It's like, wow, somebody took the time to actually mail something. Like that's kind of a, a unique concept in 2017. So it's all the details around it that make it either land really well or just be more stuff showing up at your house that is going to get tossed or pitched or donated.
0: Well, I want to pick up on something, though, that you said. Um, this was a real big, uh, and this was really illuminating. I really enjoyed reading this. It made a lot of sense. Uh, a big no-no... When giving a gift. Uh, most people, when giving a company-based gift, will include something that includes, as you said, their company logo. Now you discourage this in a big way, and you suggest something else that may be very counterintuitive to a lot of people. I loved it. So what yeah. is that and why?
1: Yeah. So I send out personally, and it didn't start out this way, but I send about a quarter million dollars a year with a gifts to clients, interesting people I met mean, on airplanes. Just I like we try to model and eat our own dog food. And not one thing that I send out has my logo on it because I feel like um, when you put your logo on it, most affluent or classy people they don't care about your brand. They care about their own brand that right. they're building. They care about their name. That's why they give millions, like Stephen Ross from Miami, your, your area gave $250 million away to the University of Michigan because you know he likes education. But really, a lot of it is internally, his legacy is his name and it's going to be on the side of like 50 buildings across Michigan's campus. Like mm-hmm. our name and making the gift all about the recipient, the, not the giver. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between a promotional item and a gift. A gift, by its very nature, is all about the recipient. And we feel like you actually – Defame and deface even a nice item by putting your logo on. Now, if you're Under Armour or Nike and you've built you've, you spent you know $10 billion on building your brand, then in your in your here's the the kicker is if your brand adds value to the product, then you can put it on there and maybe get away with it in some situations. But in general, XYZ accounting firm or mm-hmm. whatever sales training company. Um, people aren't proudly like pasting that on their, you know, tattooing that on their body. Mm-hmm. You know, Harley Davidson is a brand that maybe adds value to the brand, but that's not most small and even medium or even large companies for that matter. Um, so we, we we're all about like with what do what would you would do in a, in like a wedding scenario? You give a you know a Tiffany's vase to the couple. You're gonna engrave their name on it, you're not right, gonna put right, right? Right, right, right. 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 Right wanted to
0: to land, yeah, our mutual friend Ian Altman, who's a wonderful guy and and uh, we've had him on the show and he's the co-author, of course, of uh, same side selling. Yeah. he sent me uh, a set of your knives that uh, that he bought from you <laughs> and had my <laughs> name on it. And what I saw is, wow, that's really fantastic. So uh, yeah, it, it really it, it's uh, it's terrific., uh, so you write that when when done thoughtfully and strategically, Gifting really has the amazing potential to spark your company's growth. Uh, Why is that?
1: Well, I think the bar is so low because people don't think gifting matters. And what they don't realize is, is, you know, like, People are emotional beatings. They make decisions emotionally. You know, Robert Cialdini talks about an influence or whatever else. We're, we justify logically, but we make decisions on our gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you want to drive referrals, you have to inspire referrals. People have to, like, go out of their way to act on your behalf. If you want to, you know, get somebody to call you back when they have 100 things on their to-do list as a prospect or whatever else, you have to – rise above the noise and because most people do gifting so horribly wrong the bar so low when you show you know at love to people in a really high-end thoughtful way and go the extra mile with a handwritten note and all the little details you stand out in your top of mind and what we found is some of the largest deals you know that are us and our clients have landed has been as a direct result of this little difference maker. Now, you can't have a horrible business with horrible customer service and give amazing gifts and think that's going to save you. In fact, it does the opposite. But if you're somebody that says, like, we're first class, world class, like, we got everything pretty dialed in and we just, like, we're just not growing as fast as we'd like to. This is that one little dial that you just tweak a little bit um, and put some attention towards it, and all of a sudden, like you rise above the other thousand competitors that are in your industry, using the same language, going to the same trade shows, doing the same steak dinners, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you get the gratitude right. It can be an amplifier, and and when we've seen, you know, people land some of the largest deals that they've ever gone
0: after as a direct result of mm-hmm. of uh, incorporating this. Yeah, I love some of those those stories in the book, and the book is just chock full of, of great ideas. Now, what? Uh, What are some of the gifts, John, that most of us think are a good idea, but they're really not?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think at, at the top of the list is, is consumables. I think a lot of times people are like, wow, it's it's Christmas or, you know, ironically enough, the worst time to send a gift is between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, but but consumables, most people are like, oh, like, like everybody likes to eat and drink. Well, you give a <laughs> gift when everybody's kind of eating and drinking themselves. to death. first off, it's not a good idea. But you spend, let's say, $20, $50, $200 on a nice bottle of wine, some chocolate, nuts, ham, name the item. That's true. Um, and 15 minutes later, it's gone. And so like we want to measure things based, you know, cost per impression. Like you measure every other advertisement or marketing tool or, you know, like you want something that's going to have some staying power. And so um, when you're dealing with consumables, it's gone. And the other thing is, is there's so many diets now and people have food allergies and, you know, like maybe somebody's an alcoholic or you don't know or they're allergic to nuts or there's so many things that can go wrong with food on top of the fact that you don't get the cost per impression, it's gone in 15 minutes. One of the other things that people assume, like, oh, it's it's such a hot brand, um, is Apple. And you know, the simple fact is that if you can go to your local Chevy dealership and test drive a, you know, a Chevy and get a free mini mm-hmm. iPad mini, it's lost its cachet. Like, everybody has technology kind of coming out of their ears so we recommend you know i don't want something that's kind of a shelf life of six months at best i want something that's going to become an artifact and has some staying power the knives are a great example i like you know things that are like handmade leather products um, that have some staying power so we and we we don't recommend gift cards like it's amazing how many people think oh like I send a Starbucks gift card well Starbucks is a cool company but like really like you basically <laughs> said like you weren't thoughtful enough to go pick something out so i put on a piece of plastic you know in a 10 dollar increment and that's my way of showing gratitude to like my most important referral relationship or clients or employees like it just speaks thoughtlessness and and so where we we highly rec- recommend against uh Gift cards in almost every situation,
0: and you've included a
1: list. Yeah, yeah, we put like bumper bowlings. I, we, we created a, a PDF. If you go to giftologybook.com slash bad gift, you can see the top ten worst gifts um, to 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 avoid giving. So if you want to take it to your marketing team and say let's let's at least stay away from these categories of gifts, and then we also list why like why it's counterintuitive to not give those gifts but we put it together cuz so a lot of people ask like what what should i not be doing like i just want to look like in you know look silly or embarrass myself um or i want to get an roi on my gift that's that that pdf is really
0: really helpful mm-hmm. yeah we we'll put that in the show notes so uh that that will be a lot of fun i can't wait to look at that too um you don't have to spend a whole lot necessarily on gifts and I, and i love your term practical luxury and you say making your gifts three things, unique, memorable, personal, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't, ironically enough, the, one of the things we send out the most is handwritten notes. Like I send out you know literally hundreds a year um, because you know there, well for one, there's some regulations out there that uh, if you're dealing with like Walmart or Costco, you can't spend even a dime on a gift. But most of the time we recommend spending what you'd spend on a really nice dinner out round of golf or ball game tickets, like the normal entertaining things with travel and entertainment. So most of our gifts are between hundred dollars and five hundred dollars a gift, which for some people that are used to spending five dollars may like freak them out. But in general, like we're talking about practical luxuries, things that people would like and use, and their family would enjoy, and the, maybe their you know their kids or whatever else. Um, but we're not talking about like Louis Vuitton bags for twenty grand. Like there's a there, mm-hmm. you don't right. you don't want things to feel uncomfortable. You want to be thought of as this classy, unique, memorable, just gentleman or or, or woman, and. And, and, and so we, we have really kind of strict guidelines around that because you don't want people to feel weird about your gift. You don't want to spend money to have a negative mm-hmm, consequence, mm-hmm. but you also want to go so cheap that people are like, really? I do a half a million dollars in business with you and you sent me a polo with your logo on it? Like that's your way of, of like wowing me and making me feel VIP? Like there's, there's a happy medium and that's really the line that we walk.
0: Yeah. And, and, there's, and there's one more thing too. Actually, there's a, a million things I could ask you and I, I would love to. It was such a good book. Um, but I, I want to give you a shot to make this point too, because I thought this was very important what you wrote. Gifting is not just for your prospects and your customers, but also for your employees and suppliers.
1: Yeah. I, I treat my suppliers better than most people treat their like fortune 500 mm-hmm. client. And the reason is I don't have a business Without my the insurance company that that makes sure I'm taken care of, without my paper supplier, without my product supplier. Like I don't have a business without those people. So I don't beat them down. I send gifts you know, four times a year to our most important relationships. I surprise and delight them um, because I don't have a business without them. And I want them to go the extra mile for me. And frankly, it's just a better working relationship when you love on people. And I learned that from OC Tanner. They treat like when Rolex comes into town or Sony, like they, they treat them to the dinner and they're like, really? Like you're buying like You know, $20 million worth of watches off us and you're taking us out to dinner. The other thing with employees, like, you know, if you want to give Ritz-Carlton service, like, you have to have, like, your employees have to have experienced what it's like to, you know, be at the Mm Ritz-Carlton. And so, like, one of the things we do for our, we have a lot of working moms and we say, what would they want that they would never do for themselves? They'd always choose cash, but what would they really want? And one of the things we did was we started to pay every other week to have their houses cleaned. And they have kids and husbands or whatever else. And and their lives go easier. The husbands love it. that the, They're less stressed. Now, they would never – it cost us like $2,000 an employee. It would They would never go spend the money themselves. But our employee, we don't lose employees. Like they brag to their friends, Not their bad. family. We have an influx. Anytime there's a job opening, people are like, it's the company that pays to have your house cleaned, right? Like they don't even know <laughs> the name of the company. Um, of what our brand is but they know that because it's made their quality of life that much easier so it, we've made it like mandatory once a quarter that you know our employees now have to go on date night and we pay for the babysitting which i know with three girls is a huge cost and for most people it keeps them from going out and enjoying themselves and so we try to find those points even on the gifting side that make their lives better whether it's an employee whether it's a supplier. It's um, and the return is just massive people are like how can you afford to do that And i'm like it's a benefit we would never get rid of
0: because the ripple effect is just it's it's incredible his book is giftology the art and science of using gifts to cut through the noise increase referrals and strengthen retention. You can order the book on Amazon.com and learn more about John at his website, which is rulinggroup.com. That's spelled R U H L I N G R U O U P.com. Find out more about his information and resources and how you can work with John and his team. All that is in the show notes, of course. Thank you, John. Continue being a gift to everyone whose lives you touch. Thanks for having me, Bob. This has been great. Biggest takeaway I received from John is that the type of gift giving he's describing is not just something to do every once in a while, but rather something around which you can utilize as an ongoing part of your company's marketing and even culture. What are your thoughts on this? And what advice from John are you going to put into action right away? Please feel free to write to me at bob and let me know. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, The Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit TheGoGiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Mann's and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit TheGoGiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review. And your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The GoGiver giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The GoGiver giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg.